Well, a very good morning to you all, uh, to everyone watching online. Uh, my name is Pastor Nick Whittam. Uh, I'm the discipleship pastor here at Birmingham City Church. Uh, just so encouraged to uh, hear and see those testimonies uh, from uh, those folk in our congregation. I'm uh, just really pleased to hear that. Uh, today, we're starting a new series uh, called Lessons from Lockdown. Lessons from lockdown. Uh, and as a church, we'd like to bring you some brief but helpful messages in the coming weeks uh, to encourage you and to equip you. Now, I want you to cast your mind back to just before the, corona, uh, or before the coronavirus outbreak. And I want you to consider this question. Did you yourself as a person ever have an experience in your life when everything suddenly changed for you? When I first joined secondary school in September 1979, I went through an unusual experience that I remember to this day. Every Wednesday afternoon, Year 7 had games, and in our very first term, they got us learning how to play rugby. In those first few weeks, I threw myself into all the training and the games really hard, and I was even considered for the school rugby team. Now, it was a school where we all called each other by our surnames. And on this one particular uh, Wednesday afternoon, a lad called Binfield landed on my ankle in a bad way as part of a tackle. Now, besides being excruciatingly painful, it was also visually pretty traumatic, I have to say. While my, like, my kneecap and my shin remained uh, exactly in the right place, my right foot stuck out almost at right angles to my leg. And so I lay on the grass and I just yelled out over and over, and over again, I've twisted my foot, I've twisted my foot. Now, Mr. Bradbury, our games teacher, got me sorted with an ambulance and I got a ride to hospital where I was diagnosed with severely torn ligaments. But fortunately, no broken bones. And then they rolled this incredibly tight white sock onto my lower leg and they gave me crutches to use uh, and asked me to come back in four weeks' time to start some physiotherapy. It was so inconvenient, limping about everywhere for four whole weeks and having to use these crutches to get around. And my twisted foot also got really itchy at points while it was getting better, and it drove me nuts. I don't know if you remember that band, The Police. They had a record out around that time called Walking on the Moon. Uh, and while I was struggling around on crutches, I used to think to myself, never mind walking on the moon, I just wish I could walk to the toilet. But the four weeks did go by, and I went back to the doctor, and he said my foot had healed well physically. Although when it came to trying to walk again, I felt like I had a stump and no foot. And it was some time before I had any confidence on my feet again. And after that, it won't surprise you to learn that I never really enjoyed rugby at school and I didn't make it into the school team. I'm sure you can all think of times when stuff really changed for you in a big way. Sometimes we go through an experience where everything changes for us for a season and the experience really shapes us. And it lasts really strongly in our memory. And what is so unusual about our present coronavirus season is that everything has changed for everyone suddenly all around the world. Not really since the Second World War have people been through a collective change on such a scale. As I was preparing my message for today, I was reminded of another story from the Bible in which a young man reports an experience in which his world was completely and radically changed. The difference with this story is that this young man's experience wasn't something that just went away after a while. 
My twisted foot got back, how, uh, back to how it was eventually. And of course, we're all hoping and praying that we can get coronavirus under control both nationally and globally really soon. But for this young man, the experience that he went through challenged him so profoundly as a person that it altered the course of his life completely and forever. And as I was rereading his story recently, I was really struck by the instructions given to this young man by Jesus himself right at the point of his change. These instructions were incredibly helpful and formative for him, for his new normal and his new way of life. And it turns out that these instructions are also really helpful to us in our season of lockdown, in our collective experience of dramatic change, in our new normal. Now, this young man was called Saul. And if you've not heard of him before, all you really need to know about him as we pick up his story was that he was totally and violently opposed to the Christian faith. Now, you might well be watching us on live stream and you could be a person who is not sure what you think about the person of Jesus. And if that's you, I just want to thank you for even having the openness of mind to listen and, and to watch this morning. I've got to tell you that Saul was in a different category to that of just being unsure. He was viciously and systematically opposed to Christians, and he went round finding them and locking them up. He even oversaw a religious mob who killed a Christian called Stephen. His anger and determination came from a very religious place of wanting to defend his concept of God literally to the death, uh, of, to the death of others who disagreed with him. And then one day, while he was on a journey to persecute yet more Christians, he had a personal vision of Jesus. The encounter completely changed him, and, he, and it set his life on a totally different course. If you have a Bible, uh, please turn with me uh, to Acts chapter 26, verse 9. Uh, we'll show these verses for you on the screen as well. Let's pick up his story as he tells it in a court situation with rulers and leaders and a king called Agrippa listening to him. Acts 26, uh, starting from verse 9. I, may, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities." In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when, he, when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Uh, goads were like sharp sticks that herdsmen would use to prod uh, livestock along. Uh, with. And I said, <coughs> I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. This encounter with Jesus is a huge turning point in Saul's life. 
from being very strongly against Jesus and Christians, he switches around completely and becomes very strongly for Jesus and Christians. And based on this radical experience in which everything changed for him, Saul goes on to spend the rest of his life explaining to people why it is so important to start following Jesus. But there is something that Jesus says to him uh, that is the thing that I kind of want to make the focus for today's message. If everything in your world is suddenly changing, as it did for Saul that day, and as it has for us under our new normal, then you really want and need definite and helpful and directive instructions from Jesus himself. And I believe these instructions are right here. I think they're right here in Acts 26 verse 16. Jesus says these words to Saul, and as I reread them, I want you to imagine that Jesus is saying them Not just to Saul back then, but to you right now. But rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. There is so much life and encouragement and power and direction in these words from Jesus in a time of huge personal change and uncertainty. These are words for our strange new season, just as much as they were for Saul that day, his life completely changed. Something I find really valuable when I'm reading the Bible is to write out a verse for myself, and then I try and pick out all the different things uh, that are being said in it. I did this exercise for Acts 26.16, and I came up with eight different things that Jesus is saying to Paul. Now, now please don't panic. I'm not going to attempt to unpack them all. In fact, in a moment, I'm going to focus in on just one. The word servant, which I think is the one that is the most practical help for today. But before I home in on servant, let me just talk you through each of those, each of those eight things in just one sentence each. I want to offer you this just so that you get a glimpse of the depth and the riches of what Jesus told Saul that day. There is so much help and guidance that Jesus gives us too through these words. I really hope that this verse just encourages you in the coming weeks as much as it has been encouraging me recently. So first, rise up. In telling Saul to rise up and get back on his feet, Jesus is telling us too not to let all the changes happening to us at the moment knock us back or knock us down. Secondly, encounter. In telling Saul that he has appeared to him, Jesus is reminding us that we have had our own encounters with Jesus that we can call on to bring us strength. We have all had our own encounters too. Thirdly, purpose. In announcing purpose to Saul, Jesus announces that we too are also created for purpose. Number four is appointment. In appointing Saul, Jesus also reminds us that we too are also appointed and commissioned by him to follow after him and do all sorts of things in partnership with him. Fifthly, servant. In appointing Saul to be a servant, Jesus reminds us that he himself is a servant. And he calls us to be his servants too. And that's the one I want to unpack uh, towards the end of my message. Number six, witness. In appointing Saul to be a witness, Jesus reminds us that we are to tell the people in the world around us about him. Because we're suddenly finding ourselves in a world where money and medicine are not providing the answers they quite used to or that people were hoping for. And actually, people need the much bigger perspective on their lives that Jesus offers. 
Number seven, past. In showing Saul that he will need to draw on the past for the evidence of miraculous intervention, all the things that Jesus was doing for him in the past, Jesus reminds us to look to our own pasts too and remember what he has done for each of us. And then lastly, future. In telling Saul that he will keep on intervening into his future too, Jesus provides great reassurance to us too today that he will also do the same in our lives. There's so much that is helpful here in this season from just this one verse. In fact, if you were picking something you'd like to hear straight from Jesus, the day or the month that your personal world got turned upside down, I'm not sure you could find a better verse than this. Now, time does not permit me to unpack it all now. You know, there's, there's a sermon series in, in this verse, I'm sure. But I just encourage you to revisit our YouTube channel and watch this part of the message again and take some notes, maybe. I've also taken the liberty of emailing everyone on our BCC mailing list a full written transcript of my message this morning so that you don't miss out on anything. And if you're not subscribed to our mailing list, please do join that this afternoon. Uh, George on Tech will put that link for you up on the screen in just a moment, I'm sure. We will send that communication again tomorrow, and you can pick up the transcript then if you missed it now. So as I kind of bring my message into a focus, let's narrow it in to just this one single word that Paul uh, receives. Oh, he becomes Paul that, that as he was uh, receiving it from Jesus, he was Saul at the time. It's the word servant. You know, servant is something in our present season, uh, something that our, our present season, sorry, is waking us up really strongly to the value of. We are suddenly waking up to the value of serving like never before. Over, just recently, over half a million people in our country have just volunteered to help the NHS. People are coming out onto the streets in a way that I've never seen before to applaud those who are self-sacrificially serving. In the in the face of adversity and setback, people are really wanting to help and serve in whatever way they can. Uh, you might have seen this on the news, but there's that 99-year-old army veteran, Captain Tom Moore. He set out to walk 100 laps of his garden with his walking frame to raise money for NHS charities. And what he's done has really caught people's imagination, and they've donated more than $23 million to the appeal that he started. Absolutely central to the message of Jesus' life is that we should follow him and that we should serve. Jesus himself served and he modeled serving himself. The son of God, that's who Jesus was, knelt and washed his own disciples' feet the night before voluntarily going to the cross to, and, and he went to the cross to be our substitute and in our place as our servant. The Bible says that Jesus is someone who took the very nature of a servant the day that everything changed for Saul, Jesus appointed him to be a servant. And in a season where everything has changed for us, now more than ever, we need to serve. We must serve our families and our churches and our streets and our communities in whatever way we can. And there's loads of ways that you can help. Don't be someone that's paralyzed by the enormity of the problem. Do your bit and serve regularly, sustainably, wisely, and cheerfully. And as we close, I've got three words for you to, that you can use to remind yourself how you can be really effective as a servant in our coronavirus season. Compliant, creative, compassionate. So the first one is compliant, and compliant means obedience. And really one of the very best ways that we can serve right now is to do what our democratically elected government in our free country are telling us to do. 
Uh, they've got three kind of parts to that. Stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. Let's journey through our time in lockdown with plenty of obedience to what's being asked of us and not in stubbornness or rebellion. The second word is creative. You know, I think lockdown and confinement needs to lead us to creativity. You know, we've all been learning new ways to connect, haven't we? I mean, I've taught myself so much new IT stuff in the last couple of months to make our live stream happen. It isn't true. And our kids ministry leader, Ellie, has been getting better and better and better at video editing. And she's been posting some amazing kids material online uh, on video. You can check that out at bcc.life forward slash children dash online. What are you doing uh, to learn something new and be creative during our new normal? How are you challenging yourself to be creative in this season? I'm just going to ask our worship team if you'd like to come and join me again. That would be great. Thanks, guys. The last word, the last letter C that I want to share with you is compassionate. And although it's last, in some ways it's the most important. Let's always, to have, let's always remember to have compassion on people. A lot of people are really very anxious right now and worried about their livelihoods, their incomes, their jobs, their homes, their health. Be kind and compassionate. Find ways to help. You know, make a phone call. Write a letter. Send a text. Uh, in a minute, uh, George, our tech guy, is, he's going to play you a little video that I've got of a little text being sent. Uh, so just, I want, in fact, right now, I want you to get your phone out and I want you to compose a text. Go ahead and compose a text. And this is the wording that I want for you to um, put in the text. I'm hoping that that will come up on the screen. So this text needs to say this. Just checking on you. Making sure you are okay. And that you have everything you need. Let me know if there is anything I can be praying about for you at the moment. God bless. And I've obviously put Pastor Nick because it's from me. You know, maybe when you've composed that text, there'll be somebody that God puts in your mind to send that to. Maybe you want to do a Michael McIntyre and do a celebrity send to all. I don't know. You might end up with having loads of prayer requests. Three ways that you can be, that you can really serve in a time of major change. Compliant, creative, compassionate. Let's all pray to close, and then Kevin is going to lead us in worship. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words that Jesus spoke to Saul that day and how helpful they are in our present situation. Prompt us by your Holy Spirit to be compliant and creative and compassionate in these strange days. Amen.